Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this extra weekly episode of Dame Baptiste Questions Everything, or what we're calling DBQs. On DBQs, myself, comedian, writer, and occasional actor Dane Baptiste, my producer friend Howard Cohen, aka the Hizza. Hello. And we are here to be delving into some of the things that have happened in this week's news. Yeah, we ask all the questions, uh, and something big from this week to discuss is whether or not you think or agree, or what do you think or agree with in regard to the Joe Lysett? Qatar David Beckham LGBT debacle. Essentially, what we're discussing with the whole Joe Lysett LGBTQ plus debacle. For those that are unaware, Joe Lysett, a comedian and friend of this podcast and a great member of the comedy community, uh, decided to take a stand where he had implored David Beckham to not be an ambassador for the Qatar World Cup uh, because of their historic uh, suppression of LGBTQ plus rights and their clear stance where they have said that uh, they do not want any same-sex couples expressing themselves in Qatar during the World Cup and uh, have laws in their country which say that uh, homosexuality is punishable by imprisonment. Now, Joe Lysett had said that uh, he would shred £10,000 if David Beckham continued to be an ambassador for the Qatar World Cup, which he has definitely done. So Joe Lysett did go ahead and shred £10,000. But it actually turns out that he hadn't shred £10,000. While the money that he put into the shredder was real, the uh, money itself wasn't shredded, and he has instead donated £10,000 to LGBT interest uh, charities and uh, organisations, especially following the uh, horrible tragedy we saw within the LGBT nightclub in the States. Um but yeah, Joe was essentially trying to make a statement about the fact that David Beckham has historically postulated as an ally to the LGBT community uh, and was even one of the first footballers to grace the cover of, I believe it was Attitude magazine, which Joe Lysett went on to shred as a result of the fact that David Beckham, when it counts, uh, was not prepared to support gay rights in the face of the Qatar World Cup. Now, my thing is, I do not know why the fuck the LGBT community decided to choose David Beckham as their ambassador. I'm assuming it's because historically he has postulated as being an ally uh, through some of his performative gestures, such as wearing a sarong and maybe expressing a fluidity of gender may have led people to believe that David Beckham was in support of gay rights. Well, what a lot of people don't seem to understand is that when you are wealthy as fuck, you're probably able to get away with that kind of thing. Doesn't necessarily mean that you support those rights. And I think it's a, a very sobering twist of events. And yeah, I do not understand why anybody in the gay community would be under the false impression that football is inclusive at all. Uh, we've seen many times when it comes to sports and discrimination that we find within sports that particularly black players have dealt with a number of backlash uh, particularly when they took the knee as a protest against police brutality. This was met by boos 
and a lot of detractors from the footballing punditry community, as well as the fact that the Home Secretary at the time had said that she was in full support of English supporters who booed people taking the knee, as did the Prime Minister at the time, Boris Johnson. Both of those people have left their jobs and since attempted to weekly retract those statements. But what I would say to the gay community is that I don't know where you've been, but football has never been nice or inclusive. And instead of maybe taking the time to support who was the footballer du jour at the time, it would have made more sense, as far as I'm concerned, to have taken all of that energy and applied that to supporting somebody who could have really used it and was actually making a stand on behalf of the community, somebody like Justin Fashionu. Now, Justin Fashionu was a first openly gay footballer. He was an openly gay black footballer and also had the record for one of the highest transfer fees in football in history at the time. And a result of that triple threat led to a massive torrent of abuse, which was so severe and so damaging and so vitriolic that eventually led to him taking his own life. And my question would be to the LGBT community, if you were looking for an ambassador who would have been able to genuinely empathise with the discrimination discrimination and marginalisation of your community, why not have fucked with Justin Fashnew in the first place? Because that's someone who could have really used it. And maybe years and years and years before this World Cup, you would have been able to get behind somebody who was actively trying to blaze a trail and create a space for gay footballers to be able to be open about who they are and live their truth on and off the pitch. I don't understand where the idea that David Beckham would have been a talisman for that purpose came from. Because I'm not sure people have paid attention to David Beckham, but at one point during the early noughties, he was referred to as the King of Chavs. I think David Beckham and his marriage to uh, Victoria Beckham, uh, when they were referred to as Posh and Becks, provided a very nice aesthetic, which uh, allowed for people to see like maybe more social mobility as David Beckham received peerage from the royal family and stuff. And I guess people were under this impression that he was an ally to all of these marginalised communities. We'll be back after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the show. What I would argue is the real reason for David Beckham's ascension is because he does the job that people really want footballers to do, and that is to be essentially relatively silent when it comes to social issues and maybe not say things that uh, need to be said. And, you know, I would argue that's maybe why he's called golden balls because silence is golden at the end of the day. And David Beckham don't really say much. We saw this following the Queen's funeral where he very diligently and patiently stood in line 
to view the Queen's body, but had very little to say about the distribution of wealth that takes place in this country and how much money and resources have gone to propping up the monarchy in the face of one of the worst economic crises in living memory. No one had David Beckham comment on the fact that Prince Andrew, despite the fact that he is, uh, well, he has failed to cooperate with the FBI and was known to associate with a convicted pedophile in the form of Jeffrey Epstein, David Beckham had nothing to say about that. So why the fuck you not thought that he would say something about gay rights? I do not know. What I would also comment on is this a, is a ridiculous idea that narratives about social inequality are coming from all places, the United Kingdom. Since when did we become the moral compass for judging the treatment of other marginalized groups in other parts of the world? Because I've been to Qatar and I see British people all there all the time and they are living, they are thriving, they are earning lots and lots of tax-free money that they wouldn't normally earn if they were living on these here British Isles. And at no point in my visit did anyone pull me aside to express any concerns or any disillusionment about the treatment of the LGBT community within Qatar. And it, what, and I bring this up because I think I need people to understand because we are seeing the rise of fascism, fascism throughout Western Europe and we're seeing the rise in hate groups and the proliferation of hate groups on social media. I don't know where everybody else has been, but this has been an issue for a long time. And what people need to understand is that despite some of the more superficial, uh, aesthetics of inclusion you're seeing in corporate circles, it doesn't mean that things are necessarily getting better. Well, you do not have rights, unfortunately. You do not have black rights within corporatism. You do not have gay rights within corporatism. What you have are revenue streams. And maybe over the course of the last two years, a lot of corporate spaces have realized that rather than marginalizing groups like women or people who are plus size or LGBT plus people or black people, is that it is very profitable to be able to effectively digitally target these people and monetize any, I guess, what is regarded as woke ideology nowadays. That doesn't mean that people accept you. It means that you have enough money for them to tolerate you. The problem is that Qatar is a very oil-rich Gulf state. And when it comes to oil, well, you know that Western Europe is definitely going to get involved. And if their money equals more than your money, then they're not going to give a fuck about you. Because over in this part of the world, we have revenue streams, we don't have rights. And unfortunately, your cumulative spending on football does not equal the cumulative spending or revenue streams that Qatar is able to produce. And therefore, this country don't give a fuck about you. And this is something that we all need to understand. We waste a lot of time trying to use political identities to work out what makes us separate from other marginalized groups or what makes us special or trying to trump one another in terms of our traumas or our marginalization. And what we all need to realize is that the powers that be are very much united. And when it comes to maintaining their power, that trumps anything else. And if they feel like their power base is threatened, they are more than prepared to galvanize in order to achieve their objectives. Whereas most of us here that are on the left or center of left or consider ourselves to be progressives or liberal waste so much time getting bogged down in nomenclature that we don't pay attention to who our real fucking enemy is. And unfortunately, where there may be some commercial interest in people trying to appeal to ourselves, we clearly do not make enough money for people to give a fuck. Or we do not use our money in the correct way or use our purchasing power and our ability to assemble financially in order to rebuke some of these more oppressive laws or measures being taken in Qatar or the rest of the world. So I would suggest 
to the LGBT community is do not be fooled by armbands and rainbow covered fucking laces. Yeah. Because speaking as a black person, I've been watching football a long time before it became fucking cool. And at no point have I thought, oh, things have changed. Now it's all good. Whether people are kneeling on the pitch, this has never stopped people from still posing blackface, making racial slurs, and any punitive measures that have been taken by any governing body to resolve this have not been enough to mitigate these offences. So here is an old school suggestion. Don't watch it. Don't pay attention to it. If David, David Beckham is getting a nice approximately 150 million for being an ambassador for the World Cup, but if no one gives a fuck about David Beckham and no one follows David Beckham, you know what? David Beckham doesn't become that valuable a commodity to Qatari or FIFA interests. So I can only suggest if you do not like how you are being represented within these spaces, do not be patrons of and don't pay into these fucking spaces. As I said, there are plenty of icons, people like Justin Fashnu, who literally gave their fucking lives for both black and gay rights that you can be supporting and putting on the front cover of your publications instead of the fucking play de jour in the form of David Beckham. Because last time I checked, David Beckham don't really have much to say. And if anybody can pull out a page that wasn't ghostwritten in his autobiography about social commentary that David Beckham has made, I would love to know. But then at the same time, you know, we deal with the other side of social commentary, where if you are a sports personality or an athlete and you are outspoken about social issues, there seems to be a large rebuttal from the online community and from the sporting communities that say that you should stick to your sport and not to politics, which I have always felt is fucking stupid. Because as far as I'm concerned, any citizen who pays tax has a right to volunteer their opinion on the way their tax is spent and also volunteer in discussions about, you know, civil issues or social issues. Not only that, George Ware at one point was one of the best footballers in the world, played for Monaco, played for Sampdoria, and then he left to become the president of Liberia, proving conclusively that it's possible for some footballers or some athletes to go into politics very successfully. So to those of you out there who insist that football should be just football and not be political, I say to you, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Just because you're too stupid to understand both politics and sports doesn't mean the rest of us have to be like that. Because whether or not people want to accept it, the patrons of sports, the people involved in the commercial aspect of sports, the participants with sports are all citizens, which means any policy that is made in any municipal space has an effect on them too. So as long as we're all human beings, we all have a say in the fabric of how the fabric of our society is woven. So at the end of the day, so far as this debacle, I would say I wouldn't be surprised, but then you shouldn't have been surprised in the first place because this whole idea that the English football team are cowards and they should be boycotting or they should be insisting on wearing armbands, I don't fucking think so, okay? Because this country has never been known for taking a strong stance against social inequality. I know that because every time I've seen black players take the knee, I've heard boos. When black players miss penalties, I saw the racial backlash they had to endure. So at the end of the day, if you were wandering into this new cosmopolitan form of football that you thought was going to be vibrant and lovely and, and, and inclusive, think again. Football is just a reflection of our society. So unless we are all cumulatively going to address the problems in our society, those problems are still going to persist within football as well. 
You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste and myself, Howard Cohen. For more from Dane and myself, make sure you follow us on Instagram at DaneSnapTiste and at the Howard Cohen. You can now support us on Patreon. Just search DBQE Podcast and unlock ad-free content and you can watch the full-length video of the podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a question for Dane, make sure you send us a DM on Instagram at DBQE Podcast and we could feature you in our next episode. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, question everything. Insanity Group. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.